Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message. Another round of applause. Amen, amen, amen. That was, that was great. Amen. Thank God for Sister Marsha working with the young people as well. While you're standing, come on, give Jesus a hand clap. He's the only one that's worthy of the praise and the glory and the honor. Hallelujah. The psalmist said that from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of our Lord is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. And notice that in the psalmist's declaration, he says nothing about your life's condition, but only the timing of God. So that means that we ought to bless the Lord at all times, even when we don't feel like it. Isn't that right? Amen. Thank God for your wonderful, wonderful pastors. Come on, Pastor Elaine. Come on, come on. Apostle John, come on. Thank God for Caitlin as well. Come on. Loaning her parents to you. Amen, amen, amen. I want to say this. I want to say this because, you know, we're we're, we're at the beginning, I think, of a a long-lasting relationship. And one thing that you have to know about me, uh, I'm for what God is for. Amen? And when we do what heaven loves, heaven gets involved. When we do what heaven loves, what God has endorsed, heaven and God gets involved. And you can no more appreciate God than you do the gifts that he gives to you. Because the way you appreciate what he affords you is a reflection of what you think about him. So let's try this one more time. Because, see, we're we're not talking about flesh. We're talking about grace. We're talking about anointing. We're talking about the all that we carry. So let's give God a praise for them. Hallelujah. 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 Amen, 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 amen. Before you take your seat down, y'all, y'all got to help me praise God for my wife, my bride, my girlfriend. I ain't got no side chicks, but if I had one, she would be it. Glory be to God. That's a bad girl right there. Amen. Praise the Lord. And while you take your seat, praise the Lord for the person that's beside you. Come on. Give God glory for them. If they didn't clap their hands for you, you move somewhere else and sit. Glory to God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I love this time, this, this time of service, this type of service, um, honoring leaders. Amen. Uh, you know, 
because uh, there have been some leaders who have been abusive, uh, the church has, in, in many places, uh, stopped really celebrating leadership. And some who have a, an incomplete hermeneutic or understanding of the will of God uh, think it somehow wrong to honor leadership. But you're not honoring flesh and blood. Amen. Uh, you're honoring God's gift to you. Uh, Jeremiah 3.15 says that, that the Lord will give us pastors after his own heart. Amen. And so your pastor is God's heart in his hand to you. Let me let that sink in for a moment. Uh, your pastor is God's heart in his hand for you. He thought enough of you to give you the kind of pastors that you have. Amen. Somebody ought to be excited about that. Anybody ever had to call them to pray and they prayed and God answered? See, you ought to be turning the church all up to pieces. Amen. In honor of how the Lord uses them. Glory be to God. Uh, I, I'm excited about uh, this time, amen, and being with you all. Uh, thank God for everybody. Uh, I, I, was, I, was, I wasn't nervous, but I said, Lord, you hadn't spoken to me prophetically about the church, and, and we, we're going into praise and worship. <laughs> I said, what you going to do, Daddy? Uh, I have my expectation set high when it comes to the prophetic. Uh, that God would uh, release his will and understanding to us. And he started saying a number of things. And, and that's why you should not scrimp on your worship and your praise. Uh, because it brings, it is designed to bring you up. He's king. He's not going to come down. So he brings us up into his presence. And, and we're there uh, uh, for an audience with one. Right? And, and, and if we do it right, he'll speak to us. And that's the main thing that we hear from God. Because, see, I found out that every time I hear from God, my net worth increases. Every time I hear from God. Now, I don't think he's talking as much as some folk try to say he's talking. Because there, there are some other voices that speak. That's another message for another time. And you got to be discerning of those other voices because you talk to yourself. And my mama told me you don't have a problem until you start talking back. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, brother. Um, I, I, I want to say this. I believe it's part, of my, uh, part of my assignment this morning, uh, and some people are going to catch this, and, and you're going to see this as quickly as you catch it. But there's an anointing to prosper. That's to be released here today. You need to just stand quickly if that's you. So, Father, we release this grace, this anointing to prosper, to excel, to increase, to abound on those that receive it by faith. In the name of Jesus, what has taken years will now take months and weeks and days.
We declare it to be so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That the reapers will overcome the sowers. In the name of Jesus. Come on, give God a hand clap for that. Come on, praise him like it's yours right now. Hallelujah. You, you may be seated. I want to say to, to, to this church, uh, to Apostle John, it's only a matter of time. It's not if, it's just when. Somebody know what I'm talking about. It's not if God's going to do what he says. It's just when now. It's just when. Uh, uh, Sister Michelle, she was being mighty prophetic. She was talking about, glory be to God, that this is a season of harvest. And you have to understand that when it comes to biblical harvest, glory be to God, God didn't tell you to plant anything. He just told you to go and gather. Come on, that just went over somebody's head. Come on, he just told you to go and gather, amen? The seeds have already been sown. They've already been watered. Glory be to God. Matter of fact, this is for somebody, amen? There are some people who had harvest come up, but they abandoned it because it didn't look like what they wanted it to look like. But God said, you can have it. Now, I'm not going to open scripture, but we can go to John chapter 4. And Jesus told them that, that you would gather harvest, amen, that you didn't even have to sow for. For those of y'all that need a scripture, amen. But I, I just need about seven of you all that believe God to just give him a praise off of that. That it's not just harvest season, it's gathering time. And I'm going to gather up everything. 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 Amen. I, I, I got to say this quickly. Glory be to God. We may come back to this at the end. Amen. Uh, but this, this, this theme about holiness, which is what, what we're going to try to teach you on, preach you on, uh, is about separation and consecration. Uh, it's about being set apart. And I heard the Lord say, I believe, for greater works being set apart for, for greater works. Uh, the call of God has two facets to it. He calls us out of into. He never just calls you out and just leaves you in limbo, but he calls you out of something into something else. And typically with God, it is greater. He, 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 he doesn't take you from, 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 from faith to doubt, but from faith to another level of faith, right? From glory to another level of glory. But the level that you're on of glory has got to represent him so well that he can take you to the next place of glory. Amen? Now, I looked at the number, number 11, and biblically, the number of 11 means some things that are not, not, not really positive. It means chaos. It means disorder. It means judgment, but I, but I believe the Spirit said this to me, that many times in transition, chaos occurs. You know why you, when you're moving, stuff get put, put in boxes that get labeled wrongly and end up, come on, preacher, and end up getting put somewhere where, come on, right? But it's, we're just in transi transition, right? Right? Judgment 
in the kingdom is not necessarily a bad thing. Because when judgment comes to the house of God, it, it means that God reveals his new standard of living. And then he steps back to see whether or not you're going to rise to it or continue to live like you were. Judgment doesn't always mean wrath. It can mean God calling you to a higher place. And you got to be like what these kids said, available. I, I taught a message two weeks ago, I think about two weeks ago, available, adjustable, and accountable. Because if you say yes to God, you make yourself available. But guess what? You're going to have to be adjustable. Right? Because he means your yes more than you do. Amen. All right? So can we get into the word? We'll come back to some of this. Uh, I will say this last thing about, about holiness. There's grace. Apostle for advancement and elevation being released during this time. Grace for advancement and elevation. The Lord sets us apart to take us up and to take us in. To take us up and to take us in. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Tim, there's a there's a there's a extra measure of grace that's getting ready to come on your life. Matter of fact, I think it's already coming. Amen. 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 And you're going to be able to take the revelation that Apostle John gives and make it so practical. Because see, he's going to start getting more words that are, that are like a, a loaf of bread. And he's going to feed you all the whole loaf at one time and you're going to say, I can't handle all of this. And it's going to be your job, along with the other elders, to come back and break the loaf down. Amen. Because you can't eat the whole loaf, you know, at once, right? You have to take it a bite at a time. And that becomes your assignment to break it down and to make it practical so that people, so that people can live. Turn in your Bibles to... Uh, Isaiah chapter 35. Anybody love the Lord? Yeah. Amen. Isaiah 35, your theme scripture. I, I, I just got to have this thing about if somebody has a theme, I just thank you all to preach from it. I'm not condemning anybody else. They, you know, God gave them a word. I thought I had another word uh, for today. Uh, amen. Uh, I thought I was going to preach about with joy. From Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Because a lot of times, preachers and teachers are ministering the word of God, and they're doing it with grief and not with joy. The problem with that is not for them, but for you. Because the Bible says if they do it with grief, it's unprofitable. It has no value or no benefit to you. So, the, so the, the way that you sit and receive, but most of all, uh, the way that you apply the word brings joy to those who minister the word and, and, and your responsiveness. Because, see, some of you uh, ought to be uh, mature enough by now that you don't have to take every note. 
that you can put your notes down and get the, get the CD or the MP3 and just encourage the preacher while they're preaching. Y'all ain't going to say nothing, but I know I'm telling the truth. Am I, I, Pastor Jim, I ain't by myself, right? Man, I preach a whole lot better when folks say amen. So just looking at me like Allison wants, will he just get on with his preliminaries? No, I ain't. I'm talking pretty good up here. Amen. Well, just bring some amens with you. But, 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 but there is something. See, I, I believe this. I believe this. And this is not a, a manipulative uh, a term or a manipulative phrase or statement. That the word of God, which is spirit, when it impacts your spirit, something ought to happen. Unless you're dead wood, something ought to happen. There ought to be some acknowledgement, some agreement. You follow what I'm saying? You, 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 you know, some people, they like to be praised. They like to be acknowledged. They like to be recognized. Glory be to God. But, but when it comes to recognizing, appreciating, and valuing leadership, see, see, your appreciation of them is a reflection of the revelation that you have of them. And if you have a faulty or a limited revelation of them, you have trouble even clapping your hands for them. Amen. Now, y'all didn't call Pastor Holiday. Y'all called Apostle Holiday. And, and a part of my job is to uproot, to tear down, to root out, to throw down. Amen. We'll build and plant later on. Right? But we, we need to kill that noise. Amen. It's all right for us to celebrate you and, 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 and give you a gift. But when it comes to one time a year, once a year, and I know their hearts. They're not, they're not going to say what I'm saying. I think that's part of why I'm here. I ain't scared of none of y'all. <laughs> Amen. But we ought we to want to encourage them and, and make their job easier and easier and easier. And you know how you do that? You ask them, how can I help? What can I do? How can I be involved? Where do you need help? Don't come with all this, well, I'm gifted to do this. Don't nobody care nothing about that. We just need you to be available. And then your gift will make room for you. Be faithful first. Amen? So let, let, let's, let, let's pray and then we'll get in the word. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the grace and the anointing that's on this house. This is a time of celebration. God, in recognition of what you've done for 11 years. And, and God, we don't say in a clicheous way, glory be to God, that, that the best is yet to come. But we believe prophetically, Lord God, that, that the latter days will far exceed the former days. We know that greater is coming. As a matter of fact, God, we just reach into heaven right now and we pull into the earth, Lord God, the greater that it is that you have promised concerning this church. Thank you for the word today, God, and the anointing that makes teaching and preaching easy. Bless those that can hear and, and receive, whose hearts have been made ready. We, we thank you for a return, some 30, some 60, and a hundredfold off of the word. In Christ's holy name we pray, amen.
Your, your theme this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 35, uh, really uh, verses 8, 9, and 10. Amen. Uh, supply the context for, uh, for these particular verses. But they read, a highway shall be there, New King James Version, a highway and a, a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. Uh, the old church used to sing, it's a highway to heaven, and none can walk up there but the pure in heart. Anybody remember that? Amen. He says here that the unclean shall not pass over it. So, so traveling this highway is conditional. You cannot be an unclean individual in the eyesight of God. Doesn't matter what you think about yourself. Because most of us think we're pretty wonderful. Come on, we think everybody else's sin is 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 just so horrific and horrendous, but ours is okay. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. My wife going to say amen. But it shall be for others, he says, that whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. So, so, so even traversing this highway of God does not rely on your intellectual capability. It's not about you, but it's about his grace. Come on, somebody say grace. Matter of fact, say great grace. Now, now, he said, no lion should be, shall be there. Boy, that's mighty powerful right there. No lion, amen, nor shall any uh, ravenous beast go up on it. In other words, uh, the, the adversarial threats against you are going to be minimized. Isn't that good that God is saying you're going to have, he's gonna, you're gonna have safe passage here? Glory to God. See, God cannot prepare something for you and go before you and not deal with the enemies, amen, that you will have to, that you might have to contend with. I thank God for times in my life where he declared, glory be to Jesus, that the battle is not yours. You don't even have any need to fight. I've already taken care of the lion and the ravenous bird. All I need you to do is just keep progressing. Amen. How, how many of you? How many of you would show up for a fight? Uh, praise the Lord with Floyd Mayweather. If you knew he was gonna fall out as soon as you threw one punch for a hundred million dollars, you get in the ring. Yes, you would. Now we got the God of Glory saying that I got a highway for you. I have a road for you. There's not going to be a lion there. There's not going to be a, a ravenous bird there. Amen. All you have to do is to keep moving forward. He says, it shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion. And I like this, with singing. Mm-hmm. Not mourning. Come on. Because some of us, some of us stay in mourning too long. Some of us begin to, uh, uh, to dress ourselves. So that's my sister Katana right there. Katana, Katana. Amen. I had to mess with her just a little bit. Praise the Lord. She changed her hair up a little bit. I had to mess with her. She's my encouragement. All right. But, but he says here that they shall come to Zion with singing on this highway. Amen. That, it didn't say that you could carry a tune in a bucket, but you're just making a joyful noise. Come on. You don't have to, you don't have to qualify for the praise team. When you're traveling God's highway of holiness, he said that you're going to come to Zion, the Bible says, with singing, with, with everlasting joy on their heads, Amen. occupying their thoughts. Amen? Amen? 
they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I didn't even see this when I read it the first time, but God knows that we're motivated by reward. So not only does he make known to us this highway, he tells us how beneficial it is going to be for us if we will stay on it. Just look at somebody and say, just stay on it. Because the tendency or, 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 or the desire of the world is to pull us out of the positioning of God. And so we have to fight to stay positioned. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 that we ought to be steadfast and immovable. Amen. Steadfast and immovable. Always abounding. That means always excelling more and more in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor in him is not in vain. Amen. Come on, just say stay put one more time. So today we're talking about walking in greater, uh, greater levels of holiness. I go forward, I think, other way. Is it turned? No. Amen. You have to turn this thing on. Old man like me. Have to turn it on. There we go. There we go. Amen. Technology. Bless God. Our theme, praise the Lord, and its context. Glory be to God. I believe they are a prophetic call to pursue. A prophetic call to pursue. The word pursue means to follow or to press hard after. God does not put you on a highway of holiness for you simply to occupy space on the road. But he wants you to follow or to press hard after, uh, to pursue, listen to this, with earnestness and diligence in order to obtain. You never get on the road unless you're going somewhere in particular. So the same thing is true with God. If he puts us, now, 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 I thought y'all was paying attention. If he put us on this highway of holiness, he already said what we should, what we should expect to experience on this highway of holiness. He says that there's not going to be, glory be to God, a lion there. There's not going to be a ravenous beast there. There's not going to be, glory be to God, uh, uh, things that will interrupt our flow. None of this will be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. In other words, there will be men and women cut from the same fabric of God that you can agree with so you together can see the things of God. It means to go after with pursue does. It means to go after with the desire of obtaining. Now, Isaiah in our text, glory be to God, he is prophesying of things in chapter 34, uh, things uh, of, of the judgments which had, which had just been consummated in chapter 34. And he begins telling how God will reign in righteousness and peace. I understand you, you all heard a prolific word on righteousness last night. Amen. And, and so Isaiah tells about how God will reign in righteousness and peace. And listen to me closely. This is a messianic prophecy. It, it, it speaks to uh, the coming of the Messiah. Uh, it will be fulfilled in stages by the ministry of Christ. Isaiah was considered the eagle eye prophet. 
He said things 400 years before they had before they occurred and they came uh, uh, to pass glory be to God. I mean with 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 everything that he spoke about in place. I want to say this to you. I believe that this is a prophetic call for this ministry because there is a prophetic grace upon this house. It's not just apostolic, it's prophetic. And the Bible says this to us as Paul was giving uh, these final exhortations to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says, despise not prophecy or prophesying. Amen. And, and, and some of you, glory be to God, because you ran into some parking lot prophets and, and some bathroom prophets. Y'all ain't helping me preach here today. Amen. You think that, that when somebody prophet prophesies to you that you ought to be skeptical before, amen, you have a mindset to take what they said to God in prayer. Because, see, I am convinced that, 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 that the Lord can, can, can prophesy through a donkey if he gets ready. Come on. He can raise up a rooster and prophesy. And, and just because the person that's trying to tell you what God says, glory be to Jesus, doesn't have any credentials or ordination papers, you think that they may not be able to hear from God. But sometimes your little baby can look up in your, look up in your face and say what God wants you to hear that you've been ignoring God for when you were in the prayer room so there's a prophetic grace upon this church amen uh, he is is a is a call for i believe and to a prophetic people uh, there's a prophetic authority everybody say prophetic authority amen. prophetic authority is given to establish a passion for jesus it's not to make us spooky spiritual it's so that we become uh, more, more uh, enamored with the Lord. It, it builds in us a passion for Jesus and also an uncompromising heart, amen, uh, to do things God's way. God releases the prophetic because he wants us to come a little bit more in alignment with his way and with his will. Amen. And, and so uh, it, it, this, this prophetic authority, it continuously points the people of God to the picture or to the pattern uh, that God has for the church. And we need that. We just cannot do church as uh, uh, like we want to. We've got to follow the pattern of God, the picture of God that he has for the church. Last time I was here, I talked about how there is no other footing and no other foundation but God, who is the bedrock, and Jesus Christ. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, that there's no other foundation that can be laid than Jesus Christ. This church is not built on, amen, the Loftons. It's not built on the name C3, but it rests upon the rock, which is Jesus Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And see, it's time for saints to be built with that kind of that kind of a, 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 a foundation in them where, where they're not built on uh, the, the, the fad of the day, the hot doctrine of the day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're not borrowing from the world, being inspired by culture and bringing it into the church and contaminating the things of God. But we've got to be we've got to be so satisfied with Jesus Christ alone. Amen. 
People can abandon him. People can decry him. But I dare to look at somebody. I'm staying with the Lord. I'm staying with the Lord. I'm staying with the Lord. So I need this prophetic authority. Joel said that, 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 that in the last days that sons and daughters would prophesy. He didn't say clergy men, glory be to God, but he said sons and daughters of God would prophesy. So just look at somebody say, that's talking about me, that's talking about me. I need to get on my game, glory be to God, because I'm supposed to prophesy. The prophetic thrust is for the church, listen to this, to become all that God has designed it to be. You cannot have a church come into all that God has ordained if it does not possess, amen, uh, 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 the prophetic thrust that God intends it to have. A prophetic people, come on, shout, that's us, are those who have the ability to see the future as God sees it. See, see, ah, oh, glory be to Jesus. I think the people in the middle didn't get it, so let me say this again. A prophetic people are those who have the ability to see the future as God sees it. See, see, if you're prophetic, when you do get in a battle, you don't wait till the battle is over. Because you can see the future as God intends it to be. So you don't wait till the battle is over. You shout right now. Folks say, ain't you going through? Yeah, but I'm shouting. Aren't you having a hard time? Yeah, but I'm shouting. Aren't you, listen, what? I am giving God the glory now. A prophetic people. A prophetic people not only see the future as God sees it, but they also prepare for the future. It's like a woman who is expecting a child to come. Man, they start getting baby names. Come on now. Telling the husband, look, I don't, you should use that for your man cave, but that's my baby's nursery. Get that stuff on out of there. We got this ultrasound. It's going to be a girl. Come on, get some pink paint. Right? Am I right? Start buying stuff, purchasing things, putting everything in place. Why? Because they are preparing for the future. How you live each day is important, glory be to God, because it readies you for the future that you're getting ready to move into. And some people come to their future, but because they didn't prepare in their present, come on in here. They're not ready for it when it arrives. See, that's why you can't even, you can't even belittle your giving because your giving, glory be to God, is a seed that you sow into your future, glory be to God, from your present to prepare for your arrival. Some folk are going to continue to get harvest of nothing because they sow seeds that they cannot use. You got to prepare for your future. You got to get ready for your future. I need about 10 prophetic people to just look at somebody and say, I'll see you in the future. And you look much better than you look right now. Now, how many going to get ready for it? Why in the world are you praying and asking God to move and you're not readying yourself for what it is you believe that God can do? See, I told my church this last week, you're receiving right now what you've been believing. It doesn't get any deeper than that, apostle. You're receiving right now what you've been believing. You can talk this game, 
Come on, you didn't talk all up here. Amen. But you're receiving right now what you've been. Jesus said that we believe, we receive what we believe when, when we ask for it. And we ask in prayer. So no need of fussing about what you got. Because what you got is what you've been believing. And if you want better, come on, don't y'all make me go prophetic. If you want better, you better start believing better. You better get a revelation from the Lord. Paul says it, and I know it's about the gospel preacher, but Paul says it, and we draw application from it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, I have not seen, in verse 9, ear have not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But verse 10 says, but God had revealed them to us by his spirit. Verse 12 says, so that we may freely know what God has given us. He didn't say that you're going to be hoping for it. He says that you know what God has freely given us. Come on, say, I'm prophetic, I'm prophetic, I'm prophetic. Come on, you better get used to that, I'm prophetic. Everything God has for you, you better want it, you better embrace it. My God, you better marry yourself to it. See, the world is frustrated because they heard about what God says, but there are not enough of us in the church that fully represent what they believe about God. Hallelujah. So, prophetic people are those who have the ability to see the future as God sees it, to prepare for the future, but watch this, to, be, to become the future. God, that's good. See, you should have praised him right there. Not just to see it, not just to prepare for it, but to become the future. See, sociologists messed us up. They called us human beings. But with God, we're human becomings. Come on. I, I, I dare to just say to yourself, I, I ain't finished yet. I ain't done yet. I am becoming what God wants me to be. He is yet working on me. There, there's some stuff that doesn't fit with my future. There's some people that can't go there with me. Hallelujah. Well, y'all, y'all stop so I can get off this second slide. You become the future. See, you, you don't start being what God prophesied after it manifests. You start acting like it right now. Now, some folk don't have enough faith for that. Because you're concerned about what people are going to think later for them. My Bible says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. My faith ain't got to please you. All my faith got to do is please God. Come on. Let's rise up. Start acting like it. Start behaving like it. If he says you're prosperous, you can't even talk broke no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 y'all got me all off my message. 
I remember when I didn't have any money, Pastor Jimmy, and I used to go to the luxury car lot. Put on a suit, because if you had on something else, they wouldn't talk to you. But I, boy, I, I would be sharp. I'd go out there, and i just, i said, I want to drive that one right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What do you do? I, I bless people. <laughs> Put you in the car. Come on, I got to hurry up. Drive. Come back. Let's go in and fill. No, uh-uh. I ain't going to fill the paperwork out today. I'm going to check around a few more people. You know what I'm talking about, bro? I just want to, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to, to feel myself in it. Look over at my wife in the passenger seat. Come on. We have to be a people of faith. See, God's people have always been prophetic by nature. We have the ability to hear God and to understand his plans and his purposes, and then by faith we can move into them. See, that's why he, that's why he, he gives a ministry a call to walk at a greater level of holiness because he's calling you out of one facet of his plan into another facet of his plan. And so what you got to be able to do is to hear and to understand his plans and his purposes, and then by faith you move into it. Amen. Let's move a little bit further. Amen. So, so walking, this theme, walking in a greater level of holiness. Walking has to do with one's personal way of life, their manner of life. It pertains, pertains to your daily conduct. So, so you just can't be holy on Sunday. You can't just be holy when somebody watches. Amen. Matter of fact, uh, Jesus said it in the end of the book in Revelations, he said, if you're unholy, stay unholy when I show up. That's a paraphrase. Don't try to get, don't try to get it together because you know I'm coming. Right? Just stay unholy. Let me find you like, you, like you've been living. Amen? But, but, it, but it pertains to one's, one's daily conduct. A greater level speaks of, I believe, an increasing desire to be more and to be better than we once were. We're supposed to be improving, always abounding, excelling more and more. And guess what? I'm going to find my radical people here. I ain't apologizing for getting better. You can stay in mediocrity all you want to. You can stay in lack all you want to. You can stay depressed and discouraged. I ain't hanging out with your busted self no more. I'm among family. I can talk like that. This family talk. Are y'all hearing what I'm talking about? You have people who don't want anything. And that's fine. You stay right there. I'm starting a series, Apostle John, in October. Amen. I don't know the title, but it's got to do with contentment. And I am convinced that we should never be content with anything less than God's standard for us. That's when we should become discontented. But the more I become content with Jesus, the less I require things and people. 
Y'all get that laid on. So a greater level speaks of an increasing desire to be more and better than we once were. That's the call on this church. Amen. This was good when we were just getting started. Right? But now we got, got the boys back there on the, on the men, I'm sorry, on the big screens. Come on, y'all. And that's just the beginning. I was laughing. I was looking at I said, now, Lord, you blessed me. I didn't have a boom box when we got started. <laughs> but, I, but it took me back to remember, you know, those, those, those humble days. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and see, this is the, I'm going to tell you something. This is the problem. Those that just got here this year, y'all think it was always wonderful like this. Amen. They, they need to show y'all the breaking up and the setting down pictures and, and, and the, where the pastor got to take off his tie and start loading up stuff. Come on. So how many of y'all been here 11 years or more? Just stand up real quickly. You've been here 11 years or, or 11 years, 11 years, 11 years. All right. How many been here five years? You've been here five. Everybody, y'all step, stand up 11, 11, five years. You've been here five years. Come on, let's give them a hand clap. How many of y'all been here three years? Stand up with them. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Three years. Three years. Three years. Three years. Now, I'm going to make a point. You all are the stones and the pillars of this ministry. The purpose, praise the Lord, of stones, they let us know how wide we can build. But the pillars, glory be to God, they hold up the structure, let us know how high we can go. But pillars also hold the standards. So if new people come in and start acting different, then don't look at the apostle and the pastor. You all are the standard. Responsibility comes with being first. Being here early. Because you have to maintain the culture of excellence. You are the proof that their anointing works. Come on, y'all sit down now. Give them a hand. Kate, don't get comfortable sitting. We was here first. Whatever. Get to work. Act like you was here first. Amen. We shouldn't have to call you if you was here first. We shouldn't have to call you remind you about church, Wednesday night, prayer, whatever else we got to do. You ought to be here. Anytime a volunteer is needed, you ought to be the first one to sign up. Ain't no coaster now. I can't get no amens in here. Sign right here on the front, front four or five people. What's going on? That's when y'all should have hollered, preach. I ain't going to be able to finish this. Holiness, holiness is not referring to our positional holiness. Let's get a little theological right quick. It's not referring to our positional holiness because every born again believer is holy in the eyesight of God. And you're not holy because you did something. You're holy because he said something. He made you holy. He called you holy. He's in his eyes, see, when he sees you, he sees you sanctified. He sees you set apart. He sees you as meat for the master's use. See, that's why you can't take your gift and use it for the world. You can use it in the world, but not for the world. 
right? And, and so what, 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 what we're talking about, we're talking about is our experiential holiness or our everyday holiness. It, it, it is to understand, amen, when we talk about this holiness, that a saint is one who will strive to be holy. But his holiness, however little or however great it may be, does not make him a saint. Him setting me apart makes me a saint. See, I have no righteousness of my own, but the Bible says he made him who knew no sin, amen, to, to, be, be, to become sin so that we could be called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So because I have right standing, that ought to, that ought to motivate me for right living. I want my standing to match my, and my living rather to match my standing. And then, then this, I didn't put it on the screen, but this word called, praise the Lord, because I believe it's, it, this is a calling to this house. It means to call aloud. It means to utter in a loud voice. It means to call someone in order that he may come or go somewhere. So God would not have given you this thing for walking at a greater level of holiness if you had already arrived. He's calling you to come and go somewhere. So you can't stay where you, after today, after this weekend, I don't care where you be, I don't care how wonderful it was, you can't stay there. Hallelujah. Because if you stay too long, God may do one or two things. He may make that permanent for you, or he may come and give you an eviction notice. Because sometimes God has to make stuff so horrible around you that you'll move, come on, He'll make a brook dry up. This is for somebody. God, God can't bless you everywhere. He can only bless you somewhere. It's a place called there. You wonder why some of those other churches didn't really work out for your good because that was not your there. This was. The, your, this is. Somebody ought to give God praise if this is your place of blessing. This has been your blessing place. Your marriage has gotten better. Your money has gotten better. Your health has improved. Your life, my God, is on the incline. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we've been, we've been called to holiness. Turn real quickly to 1 Peter chapter 1. We've been called to holiness. 1 Peter chapter 1. Boy, I love the word of God. Look at verse 14 through 16. I'm just going to quit at some point. First Peter 1, look at verse, verse 14. It says there, as obedient children, with sons and daughters, not conforming yourself to the former lust. So don't sit down like you ain't, you ain't do nothing. I know that's grammatically incorrect. Don't you sit down like you, didn't, you won't lusting for nothing. Use, a, use one of those things. You know it, all of us. And, and those former lusts, guess what? They don't leave us. We just have power now. And see, think about this. The devil knows what you like. He doesn't tempt you what, what you, what, what, what you don't like. If he know you like tall and dark skin, he ain't going to bring you short and light skin. He knew that Samson liked the women. So he didn't bring men to Samson. He brought, we don't even know what Delilah looks like. 
She just was a girl. That's all that was, that's all Samson needed. <laughs> Seemed like. Right? Y'all gonna, y'all gonna wake up in here in a minute. But but we are not to conform ourselves to uh, to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy. So in essence, be conformed to the holiness of God. Also be holy, he says, in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. We have his spiritual DNA on the inside of us. Amen. John said in his epistles that as he was, now we are, or so are we. As born-again believers, we've been called or chosen to be holy to the Lord. So quickly, what, what does this entail? This entails action which flows from accurate biblical knowledge. It's in the kingdom, it's not enough to know. You've got to act on what you know. Proof of what you believe is found in what you do. Because a lot of us say we believe a whole lot of stuff, but we don't do it. What you really believe, you do it. Especially under pressure. Preach, Apostle Holiday. You're preaching good, Apostle Holiday. Glory to God. One cannot exhibit right duty without right doctrine. That's why you're so blessed to have such a didactic teacher like this man of God. Amen. But right or holy conduct should always flow out of sound doctrine. That's why you, you, you can't get caught up in this false doctrine that is permeating the body of Christ. If nothing else, you need to be discerning in this hour. That's our greatest need to be discerning. There are doctrines of devils. There are seducing spirits. There are vain philosophies. Amen. And so we have to be careful. We even have to be careful in, 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 in using terminology that can't be found in Scripture. Hallelujah. Knowledge and action are inseparable. Old lady used to say, if you know better, you do better. But let me tell you something. I don't agree with that totally because the greatest gap in the world is the gap between knowing and doing. Because we know some stuff, right? Just like when you, you, you used to smoke, right? You knew because you saw it on one of those packs that you smoke. These things will kill you. You knew it, right? But you kept right on. You had the knowledge. Amen. How many of y'all know if you, how many of y'all know if, if you work out and do cardiovascular exercise, you may live longer? She's she helping me preach. Do you do it? There's a gap. There's some stuff while you're eating it. You say, I know I shouldn't be eating this. Ain't that right, doctor? I know I, this, I, know I shouldn't be eating this. I'm going to take my pill over here. You'd rather take a pill than be healed. And the pharmaceutical industry just love it. Because they said these folk don't have any discipline. They're not going to eat like they should. Glory be to God. They, they rather take all these pills lined up across this thing. I don't care you get mad. The Bible says that bodily exercise profits little. We ought to at least get the little that it profits. 
Amen. Listen, some of y'all done got all out the spirit. Girl, he was sounding good till he started talking about what you're supposed to eat and exercising. What kind of church is that? That ain't in the Bible. No, what you believe should affect how you behave. Amen. And see, we need to get rid of these inconsistencies between what we say we believe and how we how we how we behave. Amen. So 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 I wanted to be real practical this morning to just give you quickly some practical thoughts. Amen. About holiness. Holiness is the habit of agreeing with the mind of God. You can't be holy and be double minded. And a double minded person is somebody whose mind is already made up. Yet they go to God and ask God his opinion, knowing full well that if they don't like it, they're not going to do what God says. And see, the greatest sin that we can ever see in the word of God was committed by Eve, amen, in her deception. She behaved as if God's word was subject to man's judgment. Come on, his word is not open for discussion. Not, not, not subject to our opinion. When he speaks, there's only one proper response. That's obedience. Amen. And so, and so it's, it's the habit, the habit, everybody say habit, of agreeing with the mind of God. How? In accordance as we find his mind described in scripture. We have to be students of the word. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Right? A workman that needed not be ashamed. Rightly or cutting straight. Rightly dividing the word of truth. It grieves me sometimes. I'm listening to some of these TV preachers. They got all these thousands of people. And they're saying stuff that you can't even find in the Bible. But people losing their mind over this new age thought and this psychological mumbo jumbo from the pulpit. Oh, that's deep. That ain't even the word of God. That's witchcraft. Mind science. We need to be discerning so we can know the difference. Amen. So we can know the difference between good and evil. I was just sharing with my wife yesterday. There are some people in there, some here now, that have the gift of discernment. Discernment is not always recognizing the evil in somebody or a spirit. That means there's something in you that needs to be delivered if all you ever see is the devil and bad. Because see, if you, if you really get this thing in balance, you're able to discern the good in somebody or, the, or when God is moving or the good in a person, even if they don't belong to God, you can tell them, look, you in sin, you on crack, come on, you a whoremonger, but guess what? God called you to be an evangelist. Amen. And, and, and if you receive Jesus Christ, he's going to put you on this highway so you can come into what God has ordained for your life. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands and say hallelujah. See, this is the habit, glory be to God, of, of agreeing with him. Amen. It's the habit of agreeing with God's judgment. Now listen to this. Hating what he hates and loving what he loves. And measuring everything in this world by the standard of the word. 
See, the church was never called to be political. We were called to be kingdom. But since the church has gotten in bed with, with, the, with the government, and God already said that this is a time of shaking, he's going to shake the government. Come on, y'all. So that the church comes back to Jesus. His word is the standard. It's the plumb line. Hallelujah. The person who most, most completely agrees with God is the one who is the most holy person. Secondly, amen, a holy man will pursue uh, faithfulness. Glory be to God. I, went, I didn't mean to move yet. A holy man, a holy person will endeavor to turn away from every known sin. Turn away. Repentance is not just a change of mind or heart. It's a change of direction. Can't keep going back. His little, little number pop up on the phone. You know the one that you hoping don't call. It's late at night and you shaking and all this other kind of stuff. When he, when he called, come on, little picture pop up on the thing. It's about 12, 15. Right? You just got through listening, looking at the haves and the have-nots on the own channel. You can't go back. Amen. And listen, don't pray this silly prayer, Lord, take away my desire. No, don't pray that. Pray, Lord, help me to know how to keep myself with my desire. Amen. You don't, you don't want to lose it. Just need to know how to keep yourself. And the Holy Ghost, last time I checked, he's a keeper. But you got to cooperate. Glory to God. You can't keep putting yourself in compromising positions, men. Come on. On this you know, social media, those Instagram models are there for a reason. The kind you like. Don't get mad at me now. The kind you like. Pop up on your screen. Come on. You mind your own business. You got to make a decision. Will you endeavor turn away from every sin? Known sin. And to keep every known commandment. That has to be us if we're going to be, if we're going to be holy. We have, this, we have a decided bit of mind toward God and a hearty desire to do his will. Paul said it like this. He says, in my inner being, in Romans 7, I delight in God's law. David said in Psalm 119, 128, he says, I consider all your precepts right and I hate every wrong path. A holy person will pursue meekness, endurance, gentleness, patience, kindness, and control of their tongue. Now, I could talk about all of those, but look at that last one. And control of their tongue. Come on, look at somebody say, watch your mouth. Come on, some of us put our mouths on people. Some of us, some of us speak horribly about ourselves to ourselves. Some of us, some of us, we sin because what we say to one another is corrupt communication. It is not edifying to the hearer. See, if I'm a holy person, I ought to speak things to you that build you up and not tear you down. 
I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be exhorted. I want you to be comforted, ministered to by my words. Not criticized, not scolded. Even if I correct you, I speak the truth in love. Amen? And, and, and see, I will say this. See, you, and sometimes you, you have to know how to, how to be gentle and endure when other folk putting their mouth on you. Because think about it, when, 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 when uh, uh, Shimei was cursing David, right? David just went on about his business. When Moses and, 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 and uh, when Aaron and Miriam spoke against Moses because he had got him an Ethiopian woman. Moses ended up having to pray so that Miriam could be uh, healed of the leprosy. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I will say that. Some of you who have put your mouth on this man. You need to come to him and repent so he can pray so God will break that thing off of you that's, that's causing your life not to move like it's supposed to. That's a strong word, but if you want to move with God, you'll do it some other time, not this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't realize that. No, so many people are dishonoring God. Because they feel like they're in a position to criticize the leadership. No, go into prayer. Maybe you can. You know, it's a difference in the passenger seat than it is in the driver's seat. Maybe you're not seeing everything. You don't understand why, why he has to make certain choices and decisions and whatever the case may be. Why don't you go into prayer about it? Amen. We're almost done. We're almost done. A holy man will pursue faithfulness in all the duties and relationships in life. See, we, we, you know, we equate being holy to somebody don't smoke, don't drink, don't curse, you know, ain't sleeping out on the way. No, ho holy people are faithful people in everything that they do, all their duties, all of their relationships, they are faithful. They're not uh, two-faced. They don't use that no more, Pastor Tim. That's an old term, two-faced. They probably say something else now. But, 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 <laughs> glory to God. Amen. But, but, but they try to fulfill, not just fulfill their duties and their responsibilities, but even they seek to do things better because their motives are higher. Young people, if you're holy, you don't, you're not just trying to get a C and pass. You want to get A's. B's, if you just got to get one, really, you already seen yourself in the future walking across the stage, and, 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 and you already got your diploma, but they still calling out all the scholarships you got. They said, look, just go sit down, because you, your list too long. We're going to read it while you walk into your seat. Somehow just grabbed a hold of that. Going to school and get out debt free. Mom, ain't gotta, Mom and dad ain't got to pay a dime. Some parent ought to just jump on the feet and say, do it, Lord. They paying you to go to school. Graduate school paid for. Let me prophesy over some young people. Graduate school paid for. Doctorate paid for. All you had to do was go in there as a holy child and pursue faithfulness in all of your duties and all of your relationships as a child. God just start working things out for you. See, I, I have lived my life by this thing I call the servant's blessing. 
You just serve and God just make good stuff happen for you. You know what I'm saying? That, like, like, like Takeda, stuff, oh, God going to blow her mind one day. Just for being faithful. And I know she's not the only one, but just for being faithful. God will just, just make folk like you. And then you know what I found out? All you need is one person to like you. Right? You know what I'm saying? Just one person to like you. <laughs> All right now. And now you decide to talk back. <laughs> let's move, let's move. We got to finish. Let's, we got to finish. A holy person will pursue purity of heart. They're not going to allow contaminants in their heart. And see, sometimes you, you, you got to search your own heart, examine your own heart. You got to keep bitterness out of your heart, things out of your heart that are not of God. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Sometimes when you look around in your life, the issues that you have are just a picture of what's in your heart. But if you change the picture in your heart, amen, you can adjust the photograph in your life. Come on, lift your hand and say, Lord, work on my heart. You can have jealousy and bitterness and envy and all this other stuff in your heart. No, God, I, I want to I be like David, creating me a clean heart. Clean heart. God, I want you to be the stand-up bearer. You let me know whether or not my heart is clean. Or have some things in there that, that, that only you, you can purify. Then, then, then last two, a holy person will pursue the fear of God. The fear of God. Now, now notice, didn't say that they will just know about it. Says that they will pursue it. And not, not the fear of, of like a slave, but, 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 but uh, somebody who's afraid of punishment if they're idle, glory be to God, and don't, they don't want to be found out. But rather the fear of a child who wishes to live and move as if they were always in their father's sight because they love them. Amen. Every time we sin, it breaks the heart of God. Because he's our, he's our father, and he thinks the world of us. He has accepted us in the beloved. He don't want us to see, want to see us acting like the devil, but bearing his name. So, so we pursue the fear of God. There's some stuff we won't do because we fear God. We reverence God. And he's everywhere present at the same time, all the time. Amen. Last thing is this. A holy person, praise the Lord, will strive to be like our Lord Jesus Christ. They will not only live the life of faith in him and draw from him all their daily peace and strength, but they will also strive to have the mind that was in him. Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind, allow it, amen, give it permission, this mind to be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. See, if I think like he did, I can recover like he did. My God, I can walk like he did. I can handle stuff and people like he did if I think like he did. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Here's a news flash, breaking news. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, and you have the mind of Christ. But I need the Holy Spirit to reveal to me what has been freely given to me. I got the mind of Christ. 
Amen. Turn real quickly to this last scripture, Romans 8. Hope y'all got something out of this. Romans 8, verse 29. Gonna pray for a few people and we're gonna go, we're gonna go home. Romans 8, verse 29. Amen, amen, amen. I want y'all to remember how warm it was in this building. So when we come in the new building, come on, and, and we gotta raise some more money. Cause it got bigger air conditions and all that. Ain't nobody tripping out. Cause we can get the fan, we can bring the fans out again. Amen. Time to move, y'all. Right? Time to move, y'all. Time to move. Don't, don't just be talking about it. Write some checks. Amen. Look, look at this verse real quick. Romans 8, verse 29. Most of you know it. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Everybody see that? To be conformed to the image of his son. We all have the, 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 the same identity. That's to be a son of God. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Everybody see that? I mean, he knew us. He foreknew us. Before your mama met your daddy, your great-great-grandpappy met your great-great-grandmama, he had already known you. Do y'all see that? And he predestined you to, don't, don't, don't you think that you were so wise that one day you showed up at church? No, God put pressure on you. Circumstances, issues, situations, amen, that move you in. You ought to thank God that move you in. I know for me, man, I said, I ain't got nothing else to give, Lord. I better go to church, amen. And look, look, look at what, look at what else he says. He says that we would be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among men and brethren. But look at verse 30. Moreover, or on top of that, whom he predestined, these he also called. Hallelujah. There's a call for, I ain't got time, but there's a call to. He's called you. He called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. And guess what? It is a perpetual call. He keeps calling you from one level of holiness. I know you want the Lord to leave you alone because every time he calls, it costs you something. Every time he calls, you got to make an adjustment. Every time he calls, glory be to God, he won't leave you like you were. Let me hear it, let me hear it. Look what he says here. Whom he, he also called, whom he called, he also justified. Amen. We can hang out there. But whom and whom he justified, he also glorified. His glory is not about you, it's about him. The glory of God, amen, is the visible manifestation of the invisible nature of God. So he got to show up in something to make himself seen or to make himself known. So you know what he, he determines to do? He determines to call you, justify you, and when people start looking at you that knew you before you became the you that he made you into, can't nobody get the credit, can't nobody get the praise, can't nobody get the glory but God. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. 
visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.